Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Today, the Olympic Games in Tokyo ended. Kelsey Mitchell won a gold in track cycling. She's from Sherwood Park, Alberta, and uh, Kelsey only started track cycling four years ago. That's an amazing accomplishment. Incredible accomplishment by our athletes in Tokyo. 24 medals, 7 golds. I go back to 1976, and I think about that year where the Olympics were held in, in Canada, of course, in Montreal. And Canada that year was the only hosting nation for Summer Olympics in the history of the Olympics that didn't win a gold. We've come a long way since 19. 19- 76. My next guest knows about winning medals for Canada. He won Canada's first Olympic medal in the 100-meter freestyle in London, the 2012 Olympic Games. He was in Tokyo, his fourth Olympic encounter. And it's an incredible story, the story of Brent Hayden, 38 years of age, retired for seven years, and then decided to return to competitive swimming and qualified at the Canadian Olympic trials. Brent, thank you for coming on the program. You're still the fastest uh, 100-meter freestyler in Canada, aren't you? Yes, I, I still have the Canadian record. Congratulations. No, thank you. What was that like? What was the experience like in oh, Tokyo? It, it was amazing. I mean, um, with the pandemic and everything and the games being um, you know, postponed, you know, there was just this greater sense of appreciation of the opportunity when you've realized how close we've come to, to not having it. So I think a lot of athletes were, were feeling that in Tokyo. So I've been doing quite a bit of reading about you, and uh, I knew about your medal in 2012. I keep track of who wins for Canada. It's something that, that matters to me. Uh, I have such admiration for the uh, for the athletes and all you give, personally, the sacrifices you make. But here you are, third Olympic Games in London. You win the first Olympic medal for Canada in the 100-meter freestyle. And a few days later, you announce your retirement. And you wrote earlier this year, I was putting an end to the worst year of my life. How was that the worst year of your life? Yeah, it's kind of hard to think that, you know, winning an Olympic medal could have come at, at such a bad time. But honestly, it was just my chronic back spasms were just getting more and more frequent. So while I'm trying to train and I'm still seeking that Olympic medal, you know, it was, it was my third game. I hadn't medaled, um, you know, missed big opportunities already at Athens and uh, Beijing. And I just kept seeing that medal chance slip away from me. But then outside of the pool, uh, my personal life actually became very toxic, and um, you know, I I was getting married. You know, I was uh, planning of planning our wedding. Um, so, like, but it was out. Everyone like out around us. It seemed I, I shouldn't say everyone, but like select people around us became very toxic. So I'm sitting there trying to plan a wedding that was going horribly, and then I'm trying to train for a medal that was going horribly, and yeah, I, I just didn't see any end to to that and i just i just wanted to put an end to it and i was ready for the next stage of my life yeah i don't think people understand the pressures that an athlete a successful athlete uh, has to deal with and, and we're just now for example we're finding out about some of the mental health issues simone biles in tokyo um you say you were you're having physical issues and then you were in a personal toxic environment physically struggling as you were about to enter the pool for an olympic event what yeah, we, I mean, talk like, to us um, about talk to us about the the emotional stresses that go along with being a successful athlete. 
Hey, you've, you've got that expectation of from others, um, you know, weighing on you. Like when I went into the London games, like I said, I didn't, I didn't medal at the two previous ones. So like I had my own uh, expectations, but I could also feel the weight of the country's uh, expectation because I had stood on the podium at every single level of international competition, but I failed at the Olympics twice. So, so I had that. And even, um, two weeks before the London games, you know, I had another serious back spasm. I was already at my staging camp trying to get ready for London and I couldn't walk for four days. And I actually almost uh, quit before London because I just couldn't see how I was going to be ready. And I was actually afraid of what people would think of me if I, if I got on the block and didn't perform. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to imagine because you do have the weight and the expectations of an entire nation on you. People are very quick to congratulate, but also extremely quick to criticize. But in, in that time between London and your deciding to stop, in the seven years be- between that time and your coming back to competitive swimming, you were entrepreneurially busy with your wife and successfully so. Yeah. Like, uh, we, we launched a couple of uh, businesses. Like, you know, we dabbled in the uh, fitness apparel uh, industry for a little bit and like that was a lot of fun um, and now we've launched our online swimming school swimming secrets um, and that's actually what got me back into the pool it was actually a business decision to get into the water and film our curriculum while we were in Lebanon which is her home country that's where we got married and uh, getting into the water I kind of rediscovered my relationship with the water um, you know, because when I would try to swim on, you know, my years off, getting in the water just brought up a lot of painful uh, memories, a lot of painful emotions. But getting in the water, it kind of brought back that love, um, that relationship of the water again. And then I just felt so amazing that just I kind of questioned that, okay, well, maybe this is my chance to come back and fall in love with the sport again. It's such a competitive sport. We're talking about, as you you well know, I mean, you're in the water. We're just watching the clock on the side of the pool, but we're talking about hundredths of a second between first and second, or maybe first and fourth. So you're in the pool. At what point did you realize, I can still do this, and I can still compete with these kids? It was actually, uh, we were doing a small clinic for for a team of young swimmers uh, downtown Beirut at the university. And while you know we're teaching them, they were so excited to have us there, and they really wanted to see me swim fast. So I was like, okay, I'll get on the block and I'll do one like just 25 meters, and and just just give them a little bit of a show. So I had my wife film it, and later that evening after we got home, I timed the the, you know, the little sprint I did, and it was like right around what I would normally do when I was back in training. And so that's kind of the first time that kind of sparked. I was like, well, if I just did that without training, how much faster could I actually go? And, you know, I believe that I could get at least close to um, close to my best times. And, you know, leading off our relay, I was actually just off my uh, the time that I did to win the bronze medal in London. And then in the 50 free semifinal, I just barely missed my Canadian record, which was actually set during the full bodysuit era. So that performance actually was better if you factor in the swimsuit. Yeah, that's just an amazing accomplishment. So now you're in Tokyo with the, uh, with, the with the relay team. And uh, 
the events coming up. Were there a lot of memories? Did you did you flash back to 2012 and the three previous Olympic Games, or was the focus entirely on what you were doing at that particular moment? Because that no, you had you, you had a lot of emotional you issues. Like, um, you definitely look back at previous uh, experiences because those are lessons and tools that you can use in uh, in the in the present. But I, I just, it was definitely. In a, in a different mind frame this time because I didn't have that expectation. I, I still had my own pressure um, of competition, and that's just the competitor in me. You know, you definitely want to get up. You definitely want to perform. You want to win. But I didn't have the pressure of the weight of, of everyone's expectations weighing on me because this journey was uh, it was for myself, right? I was, just, I was just out there to, like I said, fall in love with the sport again. I remember being in that semifinal in the ready room. And, you know, hearing the swimmers ahead of me having their names announced as, as they're walking out. And I just, you know, just basked in that moment, just like, I, I'm back at the Olympics. And it was, it was just, it just felt absolutely incredible. And to be free to really enjoy that moment. What a terrific experience for you to be able to do that. You know, after the, the highs and the lows of 2012 and the personal experiences, and to come back and get back into the Olympic environment and perform as you did, congratulations for everything you've done. And remind us, please, what the online swimming school is. Oh, and thank you so much. Um, the online swimming school is uh, Swimming Secrets. So that's www.swimmingsecrets.com, and it's our entire freestyle uh, mastery system that gets you right from the foundation, building up your stroke piece by piece all the way to the very technique that actually helped me become one of the fastest swimmers in the world. And anybody can learn it as long as they have access to the internet. I'm going to get on that. I'm getting on that. Oh, please do. (laughs) If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.